Good evening, guys. Another big match away days. Here we go. I get those goosebumps every time. I just have to get the big fellow off the bench. Oh Could this be their last chance now? In it comes. Bunks into the ground. It's gone. Oh, Bunks has gone. I'm waiting on you. It's waiting on you. I get those goosebumps every time. I need the hind to throw that to the side. I get those goosebumps every time. Yeah, when you're not around, when you throw that to the side. I get those goosebumps every time, yeah, 713, through the 21, yeah, I'm riding, why they on me, why they on me, I'm riding, I'm sipping low-key, I'm sipping low-key and I'm riding, I get those goosebumps every time, Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Loaded Mag NUFC. We're back again, another match preview, another away days. Um, and of course, back with the main man, Mr. Chris Hall, the old Brandon Blaze in the house. How you doing, fella? How's things? I'm good, mate. Yeah, all good. Uh, really looking forward to having uh, Tom on tonight. One of one of our um one of our one of our originals in the away days. I feel like you know, Tom Tom was one of the uh, one of the first ones that we did. So yeah, great to have him back on and uh yeah, I'm 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 still racking my brains now, Peter, as to what I'm going to predict for our lineup. But uh, but yeah, I'm all good, mate. How are you? How are you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. Um, <clears throat> you know, Dortmund midweek out the way. Um, obviously disappointing to lose, but looking forward to uh, another Premier League game uh, before an international break. Uh, another one, another international break. Oh, Drive me mad. I hate them. Oh, that's for sure. But uh, now, welcome to everyone in the chat. Um, so I mean, in there already. Uh, I'm not going to name you all, but you know who you are, mods and all. Um, uh, if you haven't already, click the like and subscribe to the channel. Um, come and join us and get those algorithms up, all the housekeeping, all the stuff that you know already. There we go. On point, as always, Mr. Chris Hall. And first and foremost, um, thank you for watching um and joining us but of course away days is not away day it was on the other uh, it was on the other brand so i had yeah, to switch it over. Little, little, little switcheroo but uh you know it, away days isn't away days without the opposition view and that's absolute pleasure um to welcome back uh tom jordan from uh back of the net um fan channel so welcome tom how you doing all good guys, nice to be back on. Um, yeah, hope I wish we were in a little bit more positive spirits from a Bournemouth point of view, but um, yeah, no, looking forward to this one at the weekend, boys. Yeah, definitely. Always look forward to the Bournemouth games because we get to chat to you, Tom, and they're always a, always a pleasure as well. Look, you know, we had the defeat in, in sort of Dortmund, obviously. Our, I don't know whether to put it on the screen or not, but like you had the the, the defeat. No need for that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> my bad, my bad. But it, it wasn't a great defeat. We, we, we'll get a little snippet on that before we move forward and look to the weekend in a second. But I think something that we could all be happy about to start with. Let's start with a smile, and that's a uh, you know. Let's talk about Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe, two years at Newcastle United this week. 
um, uh, put out by the club and obviously Sky Sports, Sky Sports of all all people, um, big Eddie Howe up. It doesn't normally happen. Um, but look, uh, we always start with a bit of a loving Tom with regards to Eddie Howe. And we'll throw another one in as well. Uh, his best mate, Mr. Jason Tindall. Uh, these boys really right at the moment uh, together. Um, absolute dynamic duo. But look, you know, Anyhow, two two years at Newcastle United. Uh, just what have you made of it from an outsider um, and a former former lover, should we say? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, no, it's, uh, to be honest, it hasn't surprised me at all. Um, really hasn't. I mean, go all the way back to them two years when he first went in and uh, spoke to a few Newcastle fans who obviously were a little bit sceptical of the position you were in. You haven't won a game and, you know, were worried about going down. And I remember saying, you know, you'll be absolutely fine because what this guy does is he'll get the best out of what you've already got, which is exactly what he did and what he continues to do. Um, I'm sure we'll go into kind of the injuries and stuff you've got at the moment. And what that means is he has to get the best out of the group. And that's what he always did with us. So it didn't surprise me at all that he kept you up. I felt that he then, you know, then you'd take a next step. But I didn't expect you to get straight away into the Champions League, which was remarkable. And then, yeah, like I say, I, I watched that that PSG game and even I had, you know, goosebumps and that. I was just made up for him. It's it's so weird. I'm a, you know, Bournemouth fan through and through and I'm there going on a Newcastle on X and watching the, like, the pitch cams and stuff, seeing Eddie go around because I just can't get away from it. So, and it's not just Eddie, like you said, um, obviously JT's there, but also, you know, Weatherstone, Purchase, there's so many um, and players as well with Callum Wilson and even Matt Ritchie still there. So, there's a lot, there's a lot of links and all of them, now that you got rid of the weasel, Ryan Fraser, um, every single one of them we love. So it's, I'll be very surprised if you found many Bournemouth fans who said their second Premier League team was at Newcastle. And that says all it needs to about him, really. Um, it's, it'll be emotional again with him coming back. It was last time. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, again, he realises he just can't beat Bournemouth. He can't do it. And um, we we'll, we'll take a draw again, and we'll go our separate ways for a few months. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's not the case, but no, I, I, I like that. I like your thinking um, in that. I wanted to get your thoughts on something. Um, Newcastle United, we had a we had a tough start to the season after beating Villa, and we thought we, we, we're going to win the league. We're going to win the league. First game of the season, five one against Villa. Um, but then we had a, a down period, you know, we had the loss to Man City, uh, Liverpool and Brighton for the first international break. And there was a lot of question marks about Eddie Howe, not from Newcastle fans, but from opposition fans, particularly those that are tending to be fighting at the top of the top end of the table. Like, what did you, I don't know if you heard that at the time and heard the whispers and the mumblings about that, but, but what, what what's your take on that? Questioning Eddie Howe, firstly, his job at Newcastle. <laughs> secondly, um, you know, the, the, there was also calls that he was not the right man for the job. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a weird one, but it doesn't overly surprise me. I think um, because of where you guys are competing now, right at the top end of the league, I think people just look at it after a few bad games or bad results and go, oh, really, this this manager was from Bournemouth and he hasn't really done it. And should they now go and get a, I don't know, Conte, Marilla, you know, them sort of managers just because it, you know, you could attract the players now and you've got the money and you're in the Champions League. I think people just, yeah, just straight away go to that and go, go and get the trial and tested. And um, 
I disagree with it, and I thought that Eddie would come through it, which he he has to a degree. Like you say, it was a horrible start of the season. It was similar to us, actually. I think we had Brighton then Liverpool, and you were the reverse way around, and we both had City, and it was a, it was a tough start. But, um, yeah, I think it's just that, really. I think he's still, weirdly, despite how well he's done at Newcastle in the two years, there's still that thing over him of, it's Eddie Howe who's managed Bournemouth and Burnley. And I think they just look at um, some of the big coaches. You obviously see Villa have got Emery and then you've got all these different managers and um, there was Potts was available for a bit. And I think they just think, oh, Newcastle can get a big name, so why don't they? When really you see the, yes, there's money spent, but you actually see the players that are available and obviously the players that he had when he first comes to the club. And I... I would, you know, question if any other manager could have got the most out of them like Eddie has. Um, you know, we don't. I don't need me to tell you what he's done to players like Joe Linton, Miggy Almiron. Do you know what I mean? It's it's chalk and cheese from what who they were. They were almost a laughing stock before Eddie come in, and now they're playing in the Champions League and performing. So, yeah, I think he. Uh, the good thing is, I don't think the Newcastle fan base, from what I've seen, and the Newcastle, you know, the club <laughs> as a whole, I think they've kind of, you know. And not listening too much to all that outside noise and just focusing on what's going on and know that they've got a, a top coach there and a, a group and a fan base. They're all together and um, going in the right direction, mate. Great, great stuff. I, I knew you'd, you'd kind of pour cold water on those <laughs> on those outside thoughts of, of anyhow. But like, Chris, to be fair, Chris, we've, we've kind of like spoken about it sort of like out, outside of these shows, like the the kind of the comments and the, the opinions. And we sometimes talk about the, the opinions of one or two on, on the 12th man uh, at times <laughs> with regards to Newcastle. But like, but but what's your opinion on all those, all that sort of negativity out there? Because like, for me, I just, I, I don't. I don't. I genuinely don't get it. I don't get it at all. I, I, do you know what, Pete? I just genuinely put it down to jealousy. I think that's all it is. I think there's a lot of fans out there who are just trying to pour cold water or you know put a dampener on things. And I think because they look at us and they see how like pleased we are, how excited we are, how like upbeat we are. I mean, even you know the the results through the week didn't go our way against Dortmund, but it's just great to be back in there. Um, you know, obviously we wanted to progress and there's still hope for us to progress, but we're never we're not gonna win every game, um, which I'm sure a lot of fans will appreciate. But I think because we are so upbeat and because we are so, you know, kind of um we're so positive, like it annoys people. Um, because really there isn't that much for us to be downbeat over. Um so, you know, I, I personally think that's what it is, um, and they get frustrated. And you know, even in my even in my WhatsApp groups with my mates, whenever I mention you know Newcastle, Eddie Howe, whatever, I'm always very positive. And as soon as they put something negative on it, because I don't bite to it, they're like, "Oh, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? What about this?" But for me, it's just it, I, I I just see everything very positively now. I'm very much half gospel when it comes to Newcastle, and I haven't always been like that. Uh, and I think that's what it has taken. Yeah, no, uh, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, definitely, definitely down to jealousy, that's for sure. But look, we've got Eddie Howe, um, and, and we've got the backing of all of Bournemouth with regards to Eddie Howe. So uh, that that'll do for me, uh, that's for sure. But look, two uh, two years already in charge. Um, uh, personally, I think there's many more years um, to enjoy uh, of Eddie Howe, that's for sure. And I don't think the owners um, are, are going to budge on that. Um, I think it was uh, Mayor Dagadusi over a year ago. Uh, just as Eddie Howe signed his, his extension um, after his kind of first year or first season, um, 
he made it very, very clear at that point that, you know, he sees him as a long-term manager. Uh, he even even kind of name-checked Sir Alex Ferguson, which is is praising itself, but he, he sees him as being that manager that's going to be um, lasting that period of time, which uh, for me is is massively exciting. But we'll see. But it's great to have the, those boys uh, in our ranks, that's for sure. Um, but look, I just wanted to take a, um, a quick look at the, 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 the league table. Um, I think you and Chris that were just talking just as I was mopping up my uh, my mess. Um, but like it doesn't make for, for, for great reading from a Bournemouth perspective um, uh, from that. But, you know, w- what were you expecting, say, from your first 10, 11 games in the Premier League? Were you expecting it to be this difficult? Or for you, Tom, were you expecting to be a little bit higher up in the league at this stage? Um, I thought with the fixtures, probably after them matter games, we'd be in amongst it. I think there's probably two that we feel that we could have got points out of that did it, that we didn't. So we went to Everton and were really poor and we lost that game. And you always, you know, the way Everton have been for a long time now, you always feel like you nick something there. Um, and Wolves at home, unfortunately, um, we went down to 10 men and conceded late on to, to lose that one. We could have, you know, could have won that one really. Apart from that, we obviously got the win against Burnley. And then if people actually looked at it, we've lost to... Um, uh, we drew at West Ham, we drew at Brentford, which won bad. We drew with Chelsea, and then we've lost to Liverpool, Man City, Arsenal, and Brighton. I think so. You know, when I say it like that, you go, Well, no one would have predicted us to have won them games anyway. So we did know with the fixtures, um, that it was going to be tough and we'd probably be in amongst it. It's probably helped us that the three promoted clubs have struggled. Um, but equally, I probably expected uh, maybe Everton and Wolves to be a little bit closer to us. But, you know, quickly it can change a couple of wins. Um, obviously, this is a difficult game for us at the weekend. But um, then we have Sheffield United. And we still got to play, you know, kind of your Lutons, Nottingham Forest coming up. So, them sort of games are, are where it's going to be looked at. But also, you know, it's a, it's a new manager. It's a new style. Um, a lot of new players. A few injuries in there as well. I won't talk too much about injuries because um, you certainly won't feel sorry for me with your injuries at the moment. Um <laughs> But yeah, there's been different different bits, and I think I think we've got we've gone from one style to a complete opposite um, over the summer, and with them fixtures as well, you put them two things together, it's going to take a bit of time. Um, so yeah, it's we're in touch and distance. There's only goal difference, and I would say that's probably down to the fact that we've played City away and Luton haven't. So um, yeah, I, I, I it wouldn't if, if we're in and around it. I kind of thought we'd be in and around it the, t- uh, the first half, uh, this kind of first 10, 15 games, and then we'll see where we're at. But um, on the pitch, I think there's enough there to say we'll be better than three teams. Uh, it's a long way to go. Yeah, I was about to say that was going to say um, is my next sort of question to you. Is it do you think you've got enough to stay in the league? But you're confident that you believe you will. And I'm going to ask you for an early prediction if you think. You're better than those, than three teams, which I agree with. Actually, I do agree with with at least three teams. I think your your team are better than. Um, who do you think is going to get the drop in your early predictions? I think now it would be hard to find many that say the three that come up uh, won't go back down because they haven't started brilliantly. I think quite often you have one that that do really well. I think it was Fulham last season, um, and it hasn't been the case for the three that got promoted. So I probably would say that at the moment, but. Listen, there's always one gets pulled in. Um, you know, people are quick to forget we were bottom of the league in January. Um, we stayed up with four or five games to spare. Yeah. So, you know, it can all change so quickly. And it wouldn't shock me if, I don't think they'll go down, but a team like Fulham get dragged in a bit. I think they um, 
They don't look right without Mitrovic. And I think someone will get dragged in. Um, obviously, Leicester last season it happened to. Um, like a bit of a surprise. But if I had to put kind of money on it now, I would probably say the three that come up um, don't look quite strong enough. But it can all change in January as well. Remember, you know, with that, with that window and if change of managers happen. I don't think the managers even gone yet anywhere which is a surprise i think it was about five by this point last season so there might be a few changes but yes i'm gonna just go sheffield united luton and burnley i think okay chris i'm gonna to come to you so sheffield united um luton and burnley is thomas prediction um everyone on the, in the chat put your pred early predictions in who you think could well be relegated from your observations but chris uh are you in full agreement with Tom, or is there anyone else that you got a kind of got your eye on? <laughs> You're trying to coax me into this, aren't you? Um, <laughs> I hope Lisa's listening. <laughs> oh yeah, she's she sat right by me. Yeah, so um, I think I, I I struggle to disagree with Tom there. I think I think the three that came up look like the three that are going to go down. Um, out of those three, I think the one that's got the the biggest chance of getting out of it is probably Burnley. I don't give Sheffield United or Luton much hope, if I'm honest. I know Luton are currently out of it at the minute, but I just don't think they're going to have enough, unfortunately, for them. But I think I think the teams that could potentially get dragged into it, um, which is going to surprise you there, Pete, I think potentially... Um, I think Forrest could struggle. Um, they, you know, they've lost quite a few big loan players who they had last season, so I think that, I think that could be a problem for them. Um Possibly, possibly Fulham. I think Wolves have got too much. I do think Everton are fortunate. And if they keep Dominic Calvert-Lewin fit um, and they manage to keep hold of um, Anana, who I think is a, a big a big player for them. Um, I think Ashley Young was a wise signing. Uh, I, I really like Jack Harrison. I think if they can keep him fit as well. I actually, I actually believe that Everton have probably got too much this season to go down. But that's purely because of the three that have come up. I think... You know, if you compare the three that have come up this season to the three that went down last season, you've got Leicester, Leeds and Southampton, who I think are better than the three that have come up. And I think they would give more of a challenge to Everton. And I think we've saw that this season in terms of when you look at the league table now, Pete, I think it's quite weird how it's separated out. And I don't think it will be far from what it is now. And I don't mean Bournemouth, by the way, Tom, but what I mean is, your teams who you expect at the top have all kind of like shuffled to the top. The teams who are at the bottom, I'd say 13th down, they would be the teams that I would put there. Um, and then you've got your middle of your road teams, probably anywhere between 8th, 9th and then 12th. Um, so I think it's interesting how the league's already separating out. And I think this could be one season where we see, um, you know, teams relegated with possibly three, four games to go. Because I, I genuinely think the golf's that big. And the more that certain clubs push on, I expect Everton to push on. I expect probably Fulham to push on. I think they've they've got too much. West Ham will obviously push on. I think there will be uh, six, seven teams at the bottom. I, I also think Bournemouth will push on as well, by the way, because you know they recruited well um, in the summer. So I think there will be six, seven teams near the bottom. And they will all be battling it out. And I think come maybe could even could even be as early as April, where a team just is out, is is done. Um that's genuinely how I see it. And it's similar at the top, Pete. Similar at the top. I think the top top two, top three places could be secured and done very early on. And then there's a battle for the fourth and fifth, possibly the last Champions League place, which we're all expecting there to be. 
Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I think, you know, that's more than a fair prediction. I think that's a good prediction for both of you guys. Um, I'm going I'm to address the elephant in the room. Uh, I'm going to... Uh, the, the blue elephant in the room, should we say? I'm going to be in the mix. Uh, uh, more, more hope than anything else, um, but I do hope that they're in the mix. And actually, a few in the chat have talked about the possible twelve-point deduction that was talked about. Just well, that's true. That's true. But if that happens, that might change people's perceptions on Everton. I mean, to be fair. If they got deducted 12 points now, they're probably still not too far away from from Sheffield United and Burnley anyway. So, like, so it, it, they could potentially still get out of it. But, um, like I said, I think that's maybe more hope than anything. But the, the one that kind of sticks out for me that I hadn't thought about uh, really until kind of Tom mentioned it, and you've mentioned it as well, Chris, is Fulham. Because, uh, Tom, you're absolutely right. Fulham do not look the same without Mitrovic. They don't have that potency up front. That, that match winner, and he was a match winner for them. There's no doubt about it. Um, and they just don't look the same. They really don't. Um, and there's no surprise that they've gone from battling at this point last season up at, you know, eighth, seventh, sixth, which is what they were for for a, a period last season, to now battling down the lower end of the, of the table. Um, and, and look, that, that that defeat against Man United at the weekend was bad. Like, Man United were bad. They were dreadful. I watched the game and they still managed to nick a win. Um, and a half-decent Fulham team, I think, would have put them to the sword. Um, there's no doubt about it. But um, we'll, we'll see with that one. I think that the, yeah, Fulham are definitely an interesting one to watch. But I do think Bournemouth are definitely going to get out of it. Um, that's for sure. Their, their team and the way they play, um, I think, is too good in comparison to those other teams. But I just want to briefly touch on uh, the top end of the table. Chris, I'll stick with you with regards to this. Newcastle United sitting in sixth um, after 11 games, um, close or in and around to the points tally that we had this time last year. Um, are you happy with that start? Um, you know, could it been could it have been better for you in your mind, or are you happy with where we are right now? And what do you project sort of in the next month about where we are potentially going to be? I think we've got a decent one of games. So to answer that last point there, Pete, I think we've got a decent one of games. So I think we're going to give us ourselves a, a chance. And I think by Christmas, we could potentially be in the top four, top five. Um, if we carry on the way that we are, I think we've got a, a decent one now. That Arsenal game was huge. Um, I genuinely, I genuinely felt like that was what, you know, one big stride towards top four beating Arsenal. Um, because last season or previous seasons, we may not necessarily have won that game, but we really dug in, especially with all the injuries we've got at the moment, which you touched upon earlier. Um, I think, I, I still feel really confident in the, and I think this is the way I described it to you last time, Pete, if we're talking top five for the Champions League, I struggle to see five teams better than us this season. I really, really do. Um, obviously, at the moment, there looks like there's five better teams, but I fully expect Tottenham to drop off. That Tottenham have now got a silly amount of injuries, which we all predicted. And, it, you know, if they're missing a Madison, if they're missing a Romero, um, a Basume, players like that, Udogi, who's been really good for them this season, they're going to really struggle. Um, that That's huge. Um, Arsenal are having a bit of a wobble. I still think Liverpool aren't playing very well, but they're managing to get results. Um, I think they've been very, very fortunate this season, no more so than against us, um, which we won't talk about anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean, the three teams that stand out for me as, as, as in, I think the top three is set, is probably going to be Man City, 
Arsenal, Liverpool. I think they they will finish in the top three, in my opinion, in, at the end of the day. Um, but I think fourth and fifth is definitely up for grabs. And do I fancy us against Tottenham and Villa and Brighton? Absolutely. I think I think we could we could definitely be in the mix of those. I just can't see. I can't see five clubs better than us at the moment. I think worst case scenario we'd finish fifth, unless of course we drop off a cliff and we you know start really struggling. But I just I just don't see it. Um, Chris has kind of got us around sort of fifth place, um, fourth fifth in the league. Uh, for what you've seen this season, do you think that's that that's achievable? Can we can we recreate what what we achieved last season, finishing fourth? Um, for what you've seen this season from Newcastle. Yeah, I probably agree with with most of what Chris said there. I think um, I think City will win the league. Um, I think Arsenal will probably get second, and Liverpool just behind in third. And then I think it. Will, I actually think it'll probably be between Tottenham and Newcastle for that fourth place. Um, it might not matter because obviously fifth could get Champions League anyway. Um, I still think you'll be stronger than Villa, um, Brighton. Yeah, Man you look awful. I think Chelsea will come a little bit, but not enough. So yeah, I I really struggle to see how you don't get in the top five, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, I've, I don't know if it's a good thing or not, but I have got a little, I said to my mate, so a little prediction is uh, Newcastle win the Europa League after coming third in their Champions League group. Um, whether that's a good thing or not, I don't know. But I just looked at the kind of last couple of fixtures and you finish at St James's, don't you, against Milan and look at how the results could go. I think you could, I think you could go and win the Europa League. Um, which would be would be a weird one. But yeah, I think um, fifth in the Europa League. There you go. Wow. Okay. People in the chat, um, would, would you take that? Um, fifth in the league, Champions League football, potentially, uh, and the Europa League. Um, predicting as a trophy is Tom. Tom, you can come again, that's for sure. But uh, uh, Chris, what do you make of that? Oh, I'd take that all day. That'd be that'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? I mean, um, I think the Europa League finals in Dublin this year, if I'm correct in thinking. Um, so yeah, I'd definitely be going to Dublin if we got to the Europa League final, million percent. Um, yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, uh, <laughs> my wife, my wife's not necessarily agreeing with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely be uh, going over for that. And um, yeah, no, I mean, getting getting some uh, silverware in the in the old cabinet and ensuring Champions League football as well next season, which again gives us that scope to be able to spend and really, you know, try and try and kick on even more than what we have done already. Because I do believe next summer will be an even bigger window than this summer just gone. Oh yeah, massive. Uh, that'd be brilliant. Um, yeah, uh, to coin a phrase, says it might not be in our hands to finish third, but I, I do think I do think we're going to beat AC Milan at St James's Park. So I do think it could well ride on what happens in the next group of games when we go to uh, go to PSG. So um, yeah, not a bad prediction there, Tom. Let's let's keep an eye on that as that uh, progresses. That's for sure. But um, look, uh, I think there's been a few questions, so we'll we'll, we'll come to those questions um, in a second. But I just wanted to sort of get your opinion on 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 some of the signings that you've made this summer um there's been a few so justin cliver uh being for one uh one player that we looked at looked at and kept an eye on for a few years uh max aarons um they picked him up um and as well as that another player that we were linked with um alex scott um seems to be highly rated uh, by um you guys at bournemouth but just tell us about those three um uh, in particular yeah, so I mean, the last play you mentioned, Alex Scott looks like the you know the really exciting one to be honest. Um, he's got a he's he came into the club injured um, as we knew. Um, he's played 
three games and probably be our best player in all three. We were like, blimey, we've got here, he looks incredible. And then he came off injured against City. So um, he's a doubt for, for the weekend. I, you know, I feel like probably if he's got any sort of knock that we'll, we won't risk him just because you've then got a break, international break. And he's had an in, he's had a long-term injury at the start of the season and he's just come back. So it would be, if there's any sort of risk, I don't think we would risk him. But yeah, he's been, he's been special. He's, he's going to be a, a real player. He is. Um, we've got, yeah, Clivert's kind of come in and out of the team. As we probably expected, we've got quite a lot of uh, wide options. Um there, there looks like a bit of potential there. He's, he's been at quite a few clubs. Um, obviously, you had his old man for a bit, didn't you? you um, did. So, and I think that probably doesn't help him because he was so good. But he's he's a good player. He played really well in the cup against um, Liverpool. Got his first goal. Um, but he's at the moment he's been more of an impact sub. But he's yeah, he's he's been decent for the squad. Max Aaron's has really impressed me. Um, right fullbacks so don't always get the kind of credit they deserve. Really get overlooked, but. Yeah, he's been one that's been highly rated for a while and um, was really, I thought it was a real coup for us to get him for a decent fee. So, yeah, I like him. He's helped us out of full-back. Him and Kirkes, who's at left-back. Um, yeah, it was his birthday the other day. I think they were celebrating. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. he Again, another player um, that we've heard about on our channel, uh, a good young um, left-back. Yeah. Um, coming in. So, um, yeah, has he, has he been, has he been a, had a good start for you guys? Yeah, he's been, he's been really good. It's, it's a, not a shame, but these players, are, you know, Milos Kirkas in particular, he's a teenager and he's played every week at left back. So he's, you know, he's still very raw, a lot of potential there. But yeah, we like these players. Zavani's another one who came in last season but was injured, um, Ukrainian centre half. And he's like playing every week at centre half. He's really good, but he's like 20. So they are quite young. Um, so I think we've got to, you know, got to take the, sometimes we put a lot of responsibility levels on these players because of the fees. Um, you'll probably have it the same with you know people like Lewis Hall and Livermento, who, yes, they're big fees because that's what you pay these days. But you're not paying for now. You know, you're looking for a few years and them to be with you for a while, and that's what we got to remember. Um, the only shame really was the we lost Jefferson Lerma on a free to Palace, and uh, the player we replaced him with was Tyler Adams from Leeds, who yes. was an excited one that a lot of big clubs wanted, and he's probably out for the season. Um, hasn't played. He, he, he came in injured, played 15 minutes in the cup, and now it looks like he'll be out for the majority of the season. So that's, that's one of them things that you just... Obviously, you've kind of had a bit of it with, um, obviously, the situation with Tenali and also Harvey Barnes. Hopefully, yeah. it won't be as long. But, um, yeah, it's just one of them things, isn't it? You, you sign a player and you're really excited. And what can you do? It, I know Tyler Adams has got a bit of a history of a few injuries, so real shame for him. But it was the fact that that was our replacement for Lerma. Um, so not having him available has been difficult because some of the fixtures I said to you that we've had and you don't have a defensive midfield player it's really tough in transition stuff you just get caught um, and that's that's been our main issue to be honest with you we've had to play Lewis Cook's kind of been in defensive midfield and he's not as natural at that um, so that's that's been a blow but you know the, the new owners have shown that they'll put their hands in their pockets so you know I think if we need it a little bit in January then they'll certainly look at it again even if it's just like a stopgap for for Adams' his, his injury. Um, and we also got Sinistera from Leeds, who has had a few knocks. Um, he got his first goal against City. So, yeah, we're we're still hoping to see a bit more from him, but it's still early days. And, um, yeah, we're still waiting for a few of them to, to kind of... Because you still say that, like, Billing and Solanke and probably Kelly are our best players that we already had. But it's going to take a bit of time with, with the new lads. So, yeah, we're still... We're excited about little bits we've seen, and that's I think why the optimism is there of of being okay because you think these players are only going to get better. 
they're all at a good age. So yeah, we're still we're still hopeful, mate. I just want to stick with, with, with Lloyd Kelly because um, there's a, apparently there's an issue with his contract at the moment. He's not willing to sign a new contract. We've been linked with him with a move for ja- in January uh, ourselves in Tottenham. Um, you know, how good is this guy? Because we talked about him a couple of years ago when we first had our first transfer window with the new owners and Lloyd Kelly was a player that was linked with us. Um, but I think he's obviously still had a period of time on his contract at that point. And um, obviously a player that Eddie Howe knows quite well um, so therefore, um, that link is naturally there. But how good is he? Is he, in your opinion, someone that could come in to a Newcastle, for example, and 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 kind of stake his claim in that squad in, in that team? Yeah, I think um, the ceiling's really, really high for Lloyd. Um, he's, he's had a few injuries, which has which has kind of stopped his progress a little bit, I'd say. But um, I think what a lot of people like. I mean, Tottenham, obviously, they've been on deadline day, but we obviously rejected because we wouldn't have had time to get a replacement. And I can see that now watching how Tottenham play because he's got that pace. And I think if you play like Tottenham with that high line, um, he's got a lot of recovery pace. I think what almost almost doesn't help him is that he can also play left back, which means sometimes you just shove him there, you know, to try and like we've done it sometimes. Kirkes is quite attacking. So we'll just put Kelly at left back to keep us a bit uh, more solid. And when really he's a centre half and he's a bloody good one. Um, I could see, I, I did hear that when, like you say, when Eddie first went to Newcastle, that it looked like that could happen. It didn't quite materialise. That wouldn't surprise me. I know there's links in Italy as well. A few clubs want him. He won't be signing a new deal. I can't see it. We kind of knew this was going to happen. Unfortunately, we've got to that that position. Um, fair, fair enough. But it's going to be one of them that because he's at a contract in the, the season can go for nothing. I don't see it. Anyone tempted us with a big enough offer in January to, to take the gamble. I think you know if you get like 10, 10 15 million you kind of go, it's not worth it because he could keep us up. Um, so I think that will probably be what happens. It was similar with Lerma. I think Newcastle will be in it. Like I say, Eddie, Eddie Al brought him to the football club um, and he actually brought him in to replace Nathan Ake, really, which is which says a lot because Ake's, we'll put it this way, Ake's probably the best player I've ever seen in a Bournemouth shirt and um, was incredible for us. And he brought Kelly in as that left centre-back thinking, you know, he could be the one to maybe go up to that level. So... Yeah, and I think what you if he went to Newcastle, just thinking about it, I was thinking he's not as good as Botman for me. I think Botman's brilliant. But what he'd do is because he can play left back as well, he could do what Dan Byrne does quite well. Dan Byrne's really a, a left back that can play centre back. And I think he would the depth and the the flexibility and the the way you'd be able to rotate a little bit better there would, would help you. So yeah, I, I could see that. I could see Tottenham. Um and I'm not sure about abroad. I know there's been a few links there as well. But yeah, we know we're gonna lose Lloyd probably. Um, and he'll probably have the captain's armband all at the weekend. So, yeah, he's um, he's a player we like, but a player that we probably knew this was going to happen with, to be honest. And that's why we brought in a few young centre-halves, probably anticipating that this would happen. Interesting. We'll have to keep an eye out on that one. Uh, Newcastle United fans, Lloyd Kelly could well be a topic of conversation in the Bullerley Chancellor show over the January uh, month ahead. Um, who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, look, we're going to get into the game now because um, I know we've got you for a limited time, um, Tom. And yeah. of course, uh, the way we do it uh, on this show is that we... Uh, we, we love some stats. She say I'm Mr. Roll. Smooth. Just like a silk soft and cuddly. Hug me up like a quilt. I'm a statistical lover. No take me fee no filth with my sexual physique. Y'all know me well built oh me. Oh my. Well. Well. 
Can't you tell I'm just like a turtle crawling out of my shell gal? You captivate my body, put me under a spell with your sit on the fence perfume I love your sweet smell you're the only young girl who can ring my bell and I can take rejection. So you tell me go to hell I'm statastic, tell me doomtastic touch me in me back. She say I'm Mr. Romantic call me statastic she touch me in my back. She says I'm doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I see that MG has got away for another year, hasn't he? Yeah, Thomas Bates when that came on was like, what the hell is this? What is this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Uh, the stat lover is in the house. Keith, uh, welcome in. Great to have you back um, uh, to throw us some stats our way. How are you doing, fella? And, and, and of course, what, what have you got for us this week, mate? Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks. Hope you're all well too. Uh, got a load of stats here. Um, loads of head to head stats. Although they, this te- they haven't played each other a lot of times, Newcastle and Bournemouth, but I do have a load of stats here about the individual teams, um, <clears throat> goalkeepers, players, and loads of general stats as well about where both clubs are at at the minute. Um, so, Newcastle's all time record in this fixture. Played Bournemouth 16 times, uh, won seven, drawn five, and lost four games. And a few of those have been at St. James's, surprisingly, as well um, in the last 10 years. But Newcastle have scored more goals in this fixture, 26 goals compared to 19 for Bournemouth. Um, And Newcastle have got a better defensive record, five clean sheets compared to Bournemouth's two in this fixture um eddie how his record in in games against bournemouth he's managed three games he's won one drawn two is and lost no games yet um <clears throat> nick pope he's kept five clean sheets so far in 11 premier league games this season compared to bournemouth's nobert or arara netto who's kept one clean sheet uh, for Bournemouth this year. Callum Wilson, uh, moving on to the players, has only played once against his former club and is yet to score against them. Could this Saturday break that for Newcastle and Callum Wilson? Um, Anthony Gordon as well. Just speaking a little bit about Anthony Gordon. Um, he's scored five goals in his last Premier League, uh, 11 Premier League games. Um and that's as many goals as he's scored in his previous 51 appearances. So he's really coming into form. Um, really very much one of the high points in Newcastle's season so far. He's also had four goal involvements in his past five Premier League games, um, which is as many as he has in his previous 32 Premier League games before that. So he's really hitting his stride now at Newcastle. Um, wanted to talk a little bit about Jamal Lascelles as well, who's came in and done a fantastic job since covering for Botman. Um, although we still miss Botman, uh, Jamal Lascelles against Arsenal, only Kieran Trippier, uh, Fabian Schart and Joel Linton had more touches while of the ball, while uh, Lascelles also made 27 carries and on the ball... Uh, LaSalle's completed 86% of his passes, 19 of those, uh, 31 passes, found a teammate were between 15 and 30 yards. So he's really coming into his stride. 
Dominic Solanke, um, he's Bournemouth's top goal scorer this season with five goals in all competitions this season. And moving on to some general stats yet, round off. Um, after winning two um, of the first Premier League games against Newcastle Bournemouth and now without a victory uh, in the past seven games against um, Newcastle with four draws and three defeats. Um, from 2013 to 2020, Eddie Howe has managed just two wins in his first 10 game matches against sides he's previously managed. So two draws and six defeats and a couple of wins against uh, Burnley as well included in there. Um, and since then, Eddie Howe has won three of his last uh, five games he's managed against former clubs. Uh, Bournemouth, uh, they have uh, six points from 11 games in the uh, Premier League this season. Um, and only in 1994-95 season have they had fewer points at this stage of a, a league campaign uh, in the top four leagues. Um, also as well, um, against uh, after last week's result, Bournemouth um, have only have won none of their 19 league games against Man City, two draws and 17. And that's the most um, that a side's had without winning against a side uh, in, 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 in football league history. Um, Newcastle uh, are unbeaten in all of the five Premier League away, away games against Bournemouth. Um, two wins, and three draws. Again, just stressing earlier that a much better away record against Bournemouth, surprisingly, than at um, home at St. James's, where Bournemouth managed to get a couple of wins against Newcastle. Um, only at Birmingham, St. Andrews, where they managed to get six uh, on games unbeaten, have they got a better away record against a team in the Premier League without losing. Um, and just rounding off a couple more, um, after losing three consecutive Premier League games, in August and September, Newcastle are unbeaten in the past seven games. They've scored 20 goals in that run as well in seven games um, and they've kept a clean sheet in um, five games in this run. Nine, all nine of uh, Bournemouth's Premier League goals this season, they've came from open play. Um, they're the only side yet to score from a set piece uh, so far this season. And Bournemouth have only won just one of their past 15 Premier League games. They've had one win, three draws and 11 defeats um, with a few defeats at the back end of last season as well. And that win came against Burnley, Vincent Company's Burnley as well, 2-1 a couple of weeks ago. And that rounds off the stats for tonight. Pleasure as always, Keith. Fantastic stats in there. And nicely balanced and well-rounded as always. Uh, we appreciate it, and so do the chat as well. And uh, uh, Tom, you got some backup. Uh, well, sorry, Chris, one second. I just stole it off you. Um, he's got some backup. Tommy uh, <laughs> Jordan, back of the yeah. net, uh, the fan channel uh, team uh, rallying around you for some support <laughs> tonight. Uh, great to have him on there. Um, brilliant stuff. Um, you know, Great stats, Keith. And and, and um, look, let's hope uh, we can improve some of those stats after Saturday, as we always say. That's for sure. But um, I want to get to the um, I want to get to the, the the team news now. This is where we kind of talk about 
who's actually fit and available. Um, so uh, I, I think you can see the tactic screen. I believe you can. Um, yeah, mate, yeah. you can see it. Um, uh, Tom, we'll come to you first, um, and we'll get you to select your eleven from the squad available. I, the one thing I was putting the squad together, I realised you've got four goalkeepers uh, within your within your sort of grounded squad. I was uh, quite yeah. surprised, at that. but um, uh, talk us through your team. And uh, is it is, is it correct that Neto isn't available? Yeah, I think he's just come back to training. But um, the reason we've got four goalkeepers because we had three, and then. Um, Neto got injured and Darren Randolph was ill. So we only had one goalkeeper. So we recalled Mark Travers um, from Stoke. He was out on loan at Stoke. So, yeah, Mark Travers has come back from Stoke but hasn't played yet. Radu is on loan from Inter Milan, um, has been filling in for Neto because Neto and Darren Randolph have been unavailable. So he'll probably go with Radu again. He might chuck Travers in just because we let in six. But, uh, yeah, I think if, if you're going to be sensible, I think he'll probably just stick with Radu and go. Um, across the back, we look all right. I would, I would assume that Max will go back to a four, we'll go to a five against City, as everyone does. Um, but I assume we'll go back to a four. So Max Aaron's right back. I would assume centre half. I'll probably say Mepham and Zabani have been uh, the main centre half at the moment, just because he's in certain games against bigger teams, which obviously we can consider yourselves to be one of them. He puts Lloyd Kelly in at left back. Okay. Over Kirkes of late, so just because our, I think it was our last, um, yeah, last home game we went with that. Um, when we, yeah, when we won, I think he he likes Lloyd Kelly just just because he's a little bit more secure there against the top team. So I think we'll probably go with that. Midfield's difficult because we, I'm assuming Alex Scott will miss out, but Lewis Cook's back from his suspension, so I'll put Lewis Cook as kind of the deepest, um, and then he'll probably have Philip Billing and Ryan Christie either side. In the centre, I would have thought. Um, Mark Tavernier will be on the right. Um, for sure, uh, wherever Tavernier is. I think there he is, 16. He'll be on the right. He's been good for us. I think he'll probably go Semenyo off the left. Um, played really well in the last home game. Scored against Burnley. And he's a bit more of a goal threat from a wide position. So, I think we'll go with him. And then, obviously, the main man, Dominic Solanke, will lead the line. That's how I probably think we'll go. But, yeah, as I say, we're hoping Scott will be okay. But I doubt it. Um, and like I say, with the break, I wonder if they'll just just not risk him. Um, I tried to do your team lose earlier on um, on the preview I did, so I'll be really interested because I said the bet the Callum Wilson one's obviously up in the air um, whether he'll be fit. But apart from that, I went well. The team picks itself because everyone else. I think I realised that apart from Dummett and Richie, everyone else was youth team apart from the eleven. So I thought kind of picks itself. Then I'll see if you do the same as me. Yeah, let, let's let's get into it now. The, the one thing I'll say um, is, and I don't know whether it, it will come up on the screen here, actually, is that um, we did get some positive news um, today. I don't know if it, it, oh, it, it did come up on the screen. Uh, we've got Harvey there. Barnes. Harvey Barnes is back on the grass. Not going to be fit for this weekend, um, but he's back on the grass. Now, we thought we wouldn't see him until 2024. Um, but that was some positive news, and a few people have mentioned that in the chat as well. So that's great to see. It was a really unusual injury that kind of put him on the sidelines, um, uh, and so uh, you know he'll be a welcome addition coming back. And actually, we didn't expect anyone back apart from Isaac and Botman between now and sort of the new year. So the fact that he could be back before then uh, is is a real positive. So you know, great news from that. But but Chris, 
as we always do, put your 11 out there and we'll get Keith to critique it. Um, uh, let us know um, what you're going for, fella. Yeah, so this is this is a bit of a difficult one for me. And I'm going to throw a curveball in there. And I don't know whether Keith will correct me on this. He probably will. But I'll throw it in anyway because uh, I've got a theory behind it. So I think Nick Pope will be in goal. Okay. I think... Uh, well, the two centre-backs will be Shaw and Lascelles. Okay. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, yeah. Does that say, oh yeah, it does say F Shaw, yeah. Um now this one's interesting because hmm, it's whether I go with Lewis Hall or whether I go with Trippier at right back. Yeah, do you know what? I'm gonna say Kevin Trippier at left back. And I'm gonna say Livermento at right back. Now the reason I've done that is because I think Eddie Howe will want to play Tino Livermento. Um, and I think Kevin Trippier can't be dropped. Um, so I think he will go with Kevin Trippier at left back, and I think he'll play Livermento at right back. Now, the interesting one, which again, there is method in my madness. I'm gonna say, I don't know why, I think Lewis Miley's gonna play in the holding role. Ooh. I think him coming on, making that little cameo against Dortmund, was him. Eddie maybe introducing him into it a little bit. Now, the reason I say that is because obviously we're a bit light in midfield with Bruno not being available. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking he will save Willick to go on the left wing. And the reason Willick will go on the left wing is because I think Anthony Gordon will be playing through the middle. So yeah, sorry, I've skipped it, skipped the beat there, haven't I? So yeah, Anthony Gordon through the middle, and then I think Miggy Almiron will be on the right. Cool. And then in the midfield, I think it will be Joe Litton on the left, and I think it will be Sean Longstaff on the right. Okay. That's your team there. So they're the teams out, out there. Um, Keith, um, what would you make of uh, Chris's selection? Would you change anything? Would you keep? Are you going to keep the, everything? Let us know what you're thinking. I certainly see the logic of what Chris is saying there about um, Trippier and Livermento. If I was picking that side, I would, I would definitely, I would, I would think having Trippier and Livermore on your back four out of what we've got at the minute to select, that's a stronger back four. Mm-hmm. Sticking them, Livermore at right back and switching Kieran to left because he's the more flexible of the two. It's interesting though on on earlier in the week though he was played at a more advanced role, wasn't he, um, Livermore? Yeah. So that, that was actually surprising, obviously, because he can get forward and back. And it makes you wonder is how going to play with that again, you know, going up and down the wings, but up and maybe bring Hall in. But I prefer that as a lineup. I just think that's a stronger lineup. We're in the business end here. Yeah, we want to win. You know, we had a disappointing night the other night. Let's get back to winning and get them points back on the board again. Win where we can. And it's can. interesting. It's interesting as well, Keith, because I, like you, I toyed with it and thought, oh, will he put Livermento on the right? But then I thought, if he puts Livermento on the right, then where would he play Miggy? And then I'm thinking, if he plays Miggy, would... I don't think he play Miggy on the left because he never plays Miggy on the left. Um, you could argue he might put Miggy in the middle of the park, but is that risk because he doesn't really play yeah. in the middle of the park? 
So it's like, well, it's not his strength to play it, mid in the center. It's not his strength. His strengths on the wings there. Yeah, forward yeah. and back. So, um, yeah. I mean, will Hall if Hall plays a part? Will he play in that right back role, or is he? Or could he play in the the middle of the park? Has he played that role earlier this season, like against City? Where was he playing when he played against City? I did. Yeah, I think he did. <laughs> Play central midfields up the on the left of the central midfield. Tell me if I'm wrong there, Pete. He did. He did. So say that for me, it could either be Miley or it could be Hall in the middle of the park there. But but I do agree with your logic as well, Chris. What you were saying, Eddie seems to he seems to tease it in a game earlier. He'll seem to bring people in for maybe mm. 15, 20 minutes to sort of see how they are, see how they'll they'll get on in a game. And then it seems to be like a precursor to the next game where they actually start. So I, th I can actually see that being a more likely decision that it would mm -hmm. be Miley. And it's just a decision of, is he going to keep the formation, similar formation to what he did the other night and have Livermento playing in a more advanced role and having Hall in there. But I think I'm going on the basis Picking the team here, that this is your strongest side. Go with that back four you've got, Chris. Um, stick Miley in there because it's logically, I think, how we'll put Miley in there. You've got Joe in there and you've got um, Sean Longstaff. That's a strong midfield. And then you've got your... You've got your... Uh, you've got Almer on there going up top. Gordon in the middle of the park as well because he's done so well in an attacking role and it's a bit... It's been really good seeing Willick come back in as well. I think it's timely that he's actually came back into the side, you know, coming mm. back from injury himself. He, he's done brilliantly since he came back, certainly in the Premier League games, he's been back. So, and against Man United last week. So, yeah, that's that's probably the, about as strong as we're going to get it at the minute. Um, it'll be interesting again to see what subs we, we use to, to change the game later on. Let's say if Newcastle are a couple of goals up, you know, with international break coming up, um, who he brings on, if he's going to bring on the likes of Richie for some game time as well in the second half. Mm. Get a good reception if he does. We love Richie. Yeah. 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 Definitely. What do you um, what do you think on a piece? Um it's an interesting one. I'm gonna be quick with this because I know that um Tom needs to go in just a yeah, second. Um, um I actually think Wilson's gonna be fit. Think so. Um, I, I, I don't think he would have been selected for England unless Southgate had a call with Eddie Howe to say so. Um, and I think it was uh, a precaution more than anything. I think they have to be careful with Wilson. I, I think if there's any slight concern, they'll bring him off because he's our only striker at the moment. Um, and so I do think he'll be fit. So I do think. You know, Gordon will shift out to the left. I think Willett will come into the middle. I think Miley will shift to the bench and we'll have more of a, just say, for example, um, well, it'll probably be, actually, no, uh, it'll Joe Linton will come on to the right. Willett on to the left. It'll be sort of more this. And we'll have Wilson up here, obviously, instead of the Miley situation. We'll have more of that than anything else. But uh, I think if he's not fit, um, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go against that being the team, um, I, I really wouldn't. I mean, there may be a question mark as to where uh, whether we bring Hall in and we maybe play Hall. Longstaff is, is the sitter instead of Miley. 
and we play Hall off the left um, rather than um, uh, rather than uh, Willock or, or Joe Linton. I, I just I, I don't know, but uh, I I'm not going to argue against that team if Wilson isn't fit. That's for sure. That's a team that I think can go um, and get the points, and it'd be great experience for Miley um, playing in that yeah. deep because we know we can play there. We did it in pre-season. Um, yeah. So yeah. that's what I think. But like, just just really, really quickly, um, again, that'll be a really interesting battle there. Uh, my circle's not very good. I'll do that again, um, if it works. Um, that'll be a battle there. Um, Lloyd Kelly, pace up against pace in our Miron. Um, that'll be a really interesting battle in, in there. Um, it, as well as that, I think that, that midfield battle between... Uh, between these three, um, and obviously what we, what our boys do, kind of in in this section here, um, I think will be where we win the game if we're going to win it. I think it's whether we can get beyond them. I, I genuinely am worried um, uh, about their threat, particularly on the counter attack. Having watched Bournemouth a lot, this man, um, uh, Philip Billing. I really like him as a player. I put it on social media that I'd, I, I'd like, I would have liked. Philip Milling in Newcastle, um, yeah, whether it was uh, for a squad player or playing European football, because um, I think he, he has a lot to offer. I really do. Um, and he likes to get forward. He likes to join those attacks alongside Dominic Solanke in those positions. And I think that would be a really sort of tricky situation to try and manage his runs in and around this area. Uh, I, watched him, um, I watched him last season do it against, I think it was against Liverpool, and he caused no end of problems. Um, I do think this partnership has enough to, to keep Dominic Slamke quiet, but I don't know enough about uh, Semenyo uh, and Tavernia, so I don't know what they're capable of, but I would trust Livermento up against anyone at the moment with the way he's playing. He's playing so well. Um, arguably our pl best player in every game that he started. Um, and with Joe Willock, Playing on that left, I think that'll be a really interesting battle against Max Aarons, um, that's for sure. So there's some interesting battles in there. Um, but I think Longstaff is going to be key in that midfield, is protecting in here, looking after Miley and making sure that things are ticking over if that team is, is playing. But yeah, that, that's they're, they're just kind of my, my initial thoughts. I do think it could well be a counter-attack or a set-piece that wins the game for either team. Um We've got to remember Bournemouth is a tighter pitch. We like bigger pitches to play in and use the space. But actually, from a pressing point of view, that smaller pitch is perfect for us. Um, so it'll be interesting to see you know, where we get our joy from. Because I think it was from a high-press situation that we actually nicked the equaliser where Almiron scored last season. Uh, and, and whether we do that again... Um, that team here that you've selected, Chris, with, with Gordon leading the line with that high press in and around here could be the difference. Um, but yeah, they're, they're just kind of some of my thoughts are, are on that, really. Um, if anyone needs to add anything. I think I, I was going to say that I um, that was my only... So when I done, I had to predict the Newcastle team and I basically just didn't have Miley, I had um, Paul. Um and I think that was my feeling behind it. I know Miley's obviously someone that you're looking at, but because Billing's such a main threat, I just think that'll be chucking him in at the deep end, putting him yeah. up against Billing, who is probably our main man at arriving late. He um, runs into these areas, doesn't he? Yeah. So he will literally be coming up against Miley like directly. Yeah, so I just wonder if he puts Longstaff in there just because he's, he relies on him a little bit more, a bit more trust. 
yeah. maybe. And and then, you know, you can always obviously bring Miley on as the game's going as according to plan for you guys. But yeah, that was an interesting shout put Miley and that could happen, I suppose. But I'd probably prefer that because just because of just because I think Billing will be able to catch him out a few times. But as you say, Livermento I'm a bit worried about. He's ex-Southampton, so he'll get a few boos. But um, I watched that game against Dortmund and he was the best player on the park. So, yeah, a little bit worried about him. I actually, Yeah, and it'll probably be who he plays at each. I get that, putting Trippier to the left. I think Livermento probably more comfortable on the right. But um, he'll cause problems. Ex-Southampton, they get boos. So he'll probably, you know, they always get pumped up when that happens, don't they? So, bit wary of him. Bit wary of him. <laughs> Definitely, it should be should be interesting. But yeah, certainly that midfield choice will be interesting, mm. and I do think it hinges on Callum Wilson, who I do think will be fit. Because I genuinely think he'll want to be in the England team, and he'll want to prove his fitness. He he's fighting to get into that Euro squad. This will be the last squad, in my opinion, that he gets into for a major tournament, and I think he's going all out to fight with Ollie Watkins to get into that squad. Currently scored more goals than him in the Premier League, and I think he's going to want to be able to prove that after Watkins scored. And I think he's going to do everything he possibly can to be in that squad, and that means playing on Saturday. So I do think, in my opinion, that will happen. But we'll we'll see how that one works out. For all we know, well, Botman and Isaac in the squad because you know what Eddie House like you don't tell us anything, and then all of a sudden we've got those boys in the squad, and then our confidence levels are through the roof. Yeah. Um, but look. Yeah. Um, great, great discussion, boys, um, and great opinions on both teams and how they will work out. And and look, if we could continue that for another hour, I'm sure we would do. But look, Tom, I know you need to go um, at this point now. So first and foremost, a massive, massive thanks for you joining us. Always a pleasure. It's, it feels like just a chat in the pub with you when we when you're on the show with us, and uh, it's a it's a great um, great time. But um, just before you go, uh, plug your channel and also give us your prediction. Yeah, cheers, guys. Um, yeah, back of the net, FC Bournemouth podcast. So, yeah, go and check that out on YouTube and all that stuff. Um, it's a difficult one with a prediction because last season I came on for the home game and the away game, I think, and spoke to you. And I said, you're going to dick us. We're all over the place. And we drew both games. Yeah. yeah. So now I'm yeah. thinking, well, do I just say you're going to dick us again? Because it worked. Um, just go the other way and say that you'll hammer with. Yeah, I don't think that'll happen. I think like I think like you said when you read out the stats, I know that I think we've only ever beaten Newcastle at home when I wasn't born. So we haven't got a good record. We've actually I've seen us win at St James's a couple of times. Um yeah. beat McLaren there and I can't I think yeah. it might be Rafa as well. Um but yeah, we struggle at home. Maybe we could nick a point. We could nick a point, but because it worked for me last time I was on the channel, I'll say you'll win. Um but I, I've got a fee. Put it this way, you know, we we all know you're, you know, it's going. We're going to get points off teams in the round. Us is more important. But if we can't be a little bit optimistic with the injuries you've got, the suspensions mm. you've got, it's a good mm. time to play you guys. You've just come back from Dortmund. Um, you know, you've got so many injuries. We we've got to look at that as right. We could get some in there because you know they're they're down to the bare bones. Um, and if we can keep ourselves, if we're in the game on kind of the hour mark, you're not going to have loads of ammo on the substitutes bench. Whereas our bench is probably going to look quite strong, so yeah, I think we've we've got a hope we can nick something out of this. So yeah, my my head says you'll probably have too much. My heart says we'll nick a one or again. Okay, yeah, we'll stick to that or one all, and then we'll see how it how it transpires. But look, uh, we'll let you go, Tom. Cheers, boys. Uh, speak to you soon. Cheers, man. Uh, game. Take care. Cheers. Legend. Take so care, Tom. Take care. Great to have Tom on. Uh, <clears throat> really 
brilliant, brilliant guest. Uh, great opinions as always. We we always enjoy that chat, every Chris. We do, we do. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a top lad, Tom. And um, yeah, he, he, do you know what? He made me think then as well about uh, about you know the injuries and stuff like that, and the fact that they did get two draws last season. That, that is interesting. So hopefully, hopefully it doesn't bite us on the bum because this this would be typical Newcastle, wouldn't it? You know, to uh, to not pick up maximum points when we had that fantastic win against Arsenal. So hopefully, hopefully we can do enough. Definitely. And look, um, to an army. Um, dot com. They, they they put a, a tweet out earlier. Eddie Howe could field an outfield team of unavailable players this weekend. Uh, you just look at that team. Obviously, with Bruno on suspension, <laughs> it's a pretty good team. I'm not going to lie. Uh, with potentially Callum Wilson not being available, there's a lot of players there um, to choose from that that could have been difference makers. And it goes back to the goes back to the Dortmund game. You know, you look at those sorts of players that were missing. Those guys could have come on and made the difference to get us back in the game Absolutely. or started to ensure that we weren't in a position where we we're losing. So, you know, we are going through a difficult moment at the mo- at this moment in time with injuries and stuff. And we will get a point in this season where we've got the absolute riches of, of anybody to choose from for a starting eleven, And things are going to get better, that's for sure. Um, there's no doubt about it. But um, it is going to be... It is going to be interesting. Um, there's, there's no doubt. But look, um, we'll fight on. We'll keep fighting on through the injuries, and, and we'll move forward. But um, yeah, is, is there any comments, questions related uh, for us? I think, I think there may, may be a few um, uh, before we kind of you know, wrap up. Oh, I think you got you went on mute. Yeah, chat. sorry. Sorry, sorry, that was uh, that was me. Um, yeah, so we've had a, we've had a few uh, really good questions and comments. Uh, so I'll read, I'll start off with uh, LB nineteen ninety eight, who's given a two pound super chat. So thank you very much for that. Uh, your players still have nightmares about Doku, so I think that was aimed at Tom. Um, so yeah, I mean Doc Doku was fantastic, wasn't he against Bournemouth? I've got to say, um, you know, absolutely. I'm sure Tom. He's been better than I thought he would be at Manchester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's become one of their kind of. Or not not a key player, but becoming a key player, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um he, he's he's given uh, given Pepper a headache, really, hasn't he? Because obviously he's got Foden, he's got Grealish, and then you know, Doku playing so well, he's kind of undroppable at the moment. Um Rich Joblin, hope you're well, mate. Um that was <laughs> thank you very much for the super chat, Rich, and that's to go towards getting rid of that music. <laughs> let's bring let's bring MJ back, eh? MJ, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like MJ. I, think, I, think, I think people are politely saying to bring bring the other one back. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, maybe bring bring Bond back when it we're doing a new Bond film. Bring one back. Yeah, that's true. There might be some other suggestions. Uh, you, you never quite know what Daz is cooking up. Uh, Daz is always cooking something. Um, so you never quite know what, what what's around the corner. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure there'll be I'm sure there'll be something around the corner. You, you know how it is. Uh, but yeah, no. Super, thank you for the super chat, as, as Chris said. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, so yeah, big big shout out to Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth fan channel, uh, up the Tommy Jordan. I know you mentioned that before, Pete, but yeah, great to have uh, support from the from the rival fans. That's fantastic. Um, oh, yeah, there is some really interesting ones here. So yeah, Tom Dixon says, you know, major concern this weekend is Wilson with his hamstring injury, and we obviously touched on that before, which is right. 
And like, it's interesting you're saying, Pete, that you think you know you think that he might make it, and hopefully he does make it because it'll it'll give us give us an extra person to put on the bench, which is brilliant. Because it was funny, you probably wouldn't have seen us looking at it, Pete, because obviously I know your screen's blocked when you put the you know the team on. But it was funny because when we when uh, Keith and I selected the team, when you looked at the bottom and the bench, it was like out, 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 out. So I, I, I it would be really interesting to see what the bench looks like. Yeah, definitely. Uh, see, I'm just going to do this really quickly. And the reason being is because this is what I thought the team might be without um, uh, without Callum Wilson. Um, so I, I didn't have Miley in my team, although I'm not against that at all. But I thought the team could potentially look like this. Um, it could either look like this, a little bit like he played there against Man City in the Cup, Lewis Hall, or it could be like this, where we thought he was playing there and then all of a sudden he wasn't against Man United and then he was again and then he wasn't because... Yeah, they, that was weird, that, yeah. The, 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 the lineup. So I thought that they might go with Lewis Hall because he's had more starts this season mm. in, in kind of in, in competitive games than, than Miley. But the, the, if you're going to play someone in their best position, you're probably going with what you've selected, really, in, in having that. Um, but I just, I'm, I'm not quite, uh, for me, I do think, honestly, that the majority of the players that play on Saturday are probably going to play a full 90. So, for example, Miggy Amiron will probably play a full 90. Anthony Gordon will probably, if he's starting up front, will probably play a full ninety uh, because he's got he's got the rest then because he's not in the England squad. You know, um, you know, there's players like Joe Willock will probably play a full ninety. Joe Linton, like that, these guys will play full ninety. So there's not, I don't believe, depending on the result and and how we're playing, that there's going to be many many subs being made. But as you've said, if you go down the team, you know. You, <laughs> Isaac injured. Wilson, we're not sure about. Jacob Murphy, injured. Barnes, injured. Matt Ritchie could be an option. Bruno, suspended. Injured. Uh, Anderson, <laughs> suspended or uh, banned. Tenali. Lewis Hall, an option. So you've got Ritchie, Hall. Matt Target's injured, just had surgery. Uh, hope right. recovery as well. Um, Mankilio, injured. Kraft, so you got what Richie, um, um, Lewis Hall, Kraft, yeah, um, Burn injured, Botman injured, Paul Dummett, like, and obviously Debravka, like that, that's it. Like that's yeah. all. We're going you know. way for thin. We're going way for thin. We have to remember, obviously, Kraft's been out a while, hasn't he? As well, himself. Yeah. I now mean, we had Ben Parkinson on bench against Dortmund. Young Ben Parkinson that played, he came on as a sub against Brighton it, over in the States and did well and was unlucky not to score. But like, there was no way he was going to come on as a sub against Dortmund. And no. in, with all due respect, unless we're winning 3 4 0, he's probably not going to get on again playing, no. playing this weekend. I, but I think, and seriously, I think, I think we've talked about it previously. And I know we talked about it in the chat recently, Pete, as well. I think, you know, 
looking at the reserves, looking at the, the younger players, looking at some of our loan players, I think we're going to have to really do that as an option really in the short term. It might be something that we might need to do to manage ourselves until the transfer window really, getting some of those under-23 players in in the lineup like we have done in previous seasons when we brought Anderson in last year. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, that that one, but to be fair, I just looked at what Rich has put on here. I don't know what you think about this, actually. Lewis Horde has played to six for Chelsea. Would that not be a better better in mid? Would you would you think Lewis Hall playing as a six would be a better option than, than Lewis Miley? What do you boys think, Chris? Or what, what, what are your thoughts about that? For me personally, I'd say no, only because I think when I watch Lewis Hall, I, th I think I said this to you actually on the show, didn't I, Pete? When I watched Lewis Hall against Man City, um, I wasn't convinced. And I think I said and to you was afterwards, he, didn't I? And was oh, he subbed at half-time as yes. well? Yes, he was. Yeah, he, he was, was pulled. Yeah, he was. And I, I think, I, I, to me, he didn't look up to speed and he didn't look comfortable. Mm -hmm. We then saw Lewis Hall play left-back against Man United and it was like, yeah, he's definitely a left-back. Definitely a left back because he, he he played absolutely fantastic against Man United, um, and I just wonder whether Eddie Howe will want to play a player who's not wholly comfortable in the position because te technically, you know, it could really damage his confidence because if Bournemouth run all over him, yeah. you know, that then psychologically might not be great for them. Yes, he's probably further along in his career than Lewis Miley, but Lewis Miley is a holding midfielder, so I just wonder whether he would be more comfortable playing there. And he has a really good preseason, Lewis Miley. And I, I, I think, I think the reason he's popped into my mind for this is because we saw him come on against Dortmund, and it just made me think: is he kind of easing him in and going right? Give yourself a little run out now. You know, the game was pretty much done then at that point anyway. Um, you're in me, you're in me thinking for the weekend. I just, yeah. I just wondered whether that was, that's, you know, a little, a little uh, thing from Eddie. That's generally how te Eddie seems to work, isn't it? Really, he seems to. As, as mentioned earlier, he seems to bring him in as a bit of a precursor, bring him on as a sub as a bit of a precursor to the next match and start. Mm. I think Hall may figure, for sure, you'll figure yeah. it, it's some part of the game, you yeah. know. Um, it might be within 60 minutes or so of the game he comes on. Mm. But, maybe, but um, I, would, I would go more with your line of thinking here, Chris. I think you know, given with what we've observed against Hall again in, in the City game, you go with Miley and then bring Hall on at some stage in the second half, maybe in one of the advanced midfield roles or maybe in one of the defensive roles. Yeah, and as Pete said, you know, if if you if you're looking at um, you know, Kevin Trippier, he's obviously going to be going away with England. If we're two or three nil up, thank hope to God we are. He may just go. Do you know what? Go. You know, give Kevin Trippier a rest and stick Lewis Hall there at left back, bring Kevin Trippier off so that you know he's not going in. He's not going into international duty tired. Um, maybe that could be in his thinking as well. Yeah, definitely, guys. It's a great chat. We're going to continue this. Of course, we'll be we'll be critiquing our lineups and and Bournemouth's lineups and. And who's going to start and who's not as the lineups come through? We always do, Chris, every week as they come through. We go, oh, you're right. Or, oh, I'm with a different one. We always look at the, the yeah. differences, that's for sure. But um, any one or two questions before we before we um, wrap things up, mate? 
Well, there's one directed at me, and it's from Chantel. And Chantel says, Chris, is there any evidence? What, sorry? <laughs> well, I, I think I think because she she knows that I probably know a lot of Everton fans. Um, <laughs> is is there any Everton? I think she means any Everton fans who miss Gordon and are gutted at how good he has been at Newcastle. The answer is no, um, because they are all still very bitter about Anthony Gordon, and they still all tell me how rubbish he is, and how we they robbed forty five million off us, and how um, he's no good, and we'll we'll soon all hate him. Um, but like, like we were saying before, Pete offline, I just, I just keep smiling, and I just, in fact, no, it wasn't offline. It was earlier on in the show, wasn't it, when we were saying, uh, you know, about all the, all the anti Newcastle hate. Um, I just, I just take it all on the chin. Well, can I just me, ask you at this point, Chris, if you can recall, I may be able to give us the perspective from Merseyside because I cannot recall what was Merseyside, what was Liverpool's, sorry, Everton's reaction when Rooney left for Man United. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, that was it, it was do you know what it was quite similar it was quite similar to the Gordon reaction but they just weren't as angry it was yeah. more that they understood why he left because it's Man United Man United yeah but, um, they they were all you know nobody said oh he's rubbish he's what a waste of money um, nobody said that because um, they all knew he was yeah I'm just thinking maybe Everton sort of take it personally when one of their own sort of thing Go. I'm yeah. thinking of maybe it's a repeated, you know, certainly in the last 20, 25 years when the likes of Franny Jeffers and that have left of the <laughs> to the sort of bite at yeah. that as well. And you know, when the big, you know, when one comes through the ranks and next thing they're off to one of the big clubs. To be fair, it's probably more similar to Franny Jeffers because there was a lot of fans who were like, oh, he's crap anyway, he's crap anyway. Um, and then as it turns out, he didn't do very well at Arsenal, did he? So maybe they were right about that man. Maybe that's why they're hanging the hat on this Gordon one. Who knows? But yeah, a lot a lot of fans were quite happy with the place that they got for uh, Franny Jeffers. But um Vooney, no, because I think it was it was more disappointment because they knew how good Vooney was. Uh, and he was he was special, he was a one-off. Um so yeah, there, there was a lot of a lot of hate, to be honest, over Vooney. But now it's a good, good, uh, good, good shout back, Keith. Yeah, I forgot about Fanny Jeffers as well. But yeah, yeah, when he went to Arsenal, there was a lot of fans who weren't very. He broke Shearer's record in the England under twenty ones. Yes. Yeah. 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 He, he really burst on the scene, didn't he? Yeah. Really burst on the scene, but uh, it didn't quite work for him. Arsenal. I think he scored on his international debut as well against Australia when oh. uh, Australia beat England. Uh, but as you say, it soon went down and. In flames shortly after mm. that, sort of. I think he ended up back at Everton, and it didn't quite work out at Everton, and then he just slid down the leagues. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and then he just disappeared, didn't he? I think he retired quite early as well, mm. from memory. But, um, but yeah, another, another, another shame, really. But this, uh, this question I wanted to put up. Um, well, not really a question. Well, yeah, it is a question, but uh, I, I, I know my thoughts on it, and I think Pete knows my thoughts on it. But Alan Thompson asks, lads. Livramento, I believe, could be a superstar. Do you agree? So, Keith, I'll start with you. Yeah, absolutely. I've been really impressed with Livramento in terms of how he's came and he's sort of took it in his stride, hasn't he? Really, he's just um, doesn't seem to be phased, really. Um, he seems to be versatile, adaptive. He doesn't seem to be, you know, it seems you can do a lot with him. Quite agile is what I would say about him. Um, future England at national, possibly as well. You know, for sure. 
Um, what about what about you, Pete? I think there'll be a conversation about Livermento going to the Euros. I'm not saying he's going to get there, but I think he'll be within the conversation. And the reason being is because um, I think there's there's clearly injury issues with um, with Reese James. Mm. I think um, Alexander Arnold's been playing more as a midfielder in that midfield role. Um, and I, I genuinely think that because Trippier sometimes can be used as a left and left is the problem at the moment, especially the fact that Shaw's been out. Um, I think if that continues, I think Trippier may well be used on the left with with other options. Colwell and, and, and there could be a space for him depending on the situation. But I genuinely think he could be in that conversation. But at the bare minimum, I just think that Trippier plays his last tournament this summer and bows out and Livermento comes in. Uh, and I think that'd be the natural um, succession. Uh, the first succession of the two, because I think Livermento is playing so well that you cannot keep him out of this team. It is an absolute, like, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an embarrassment for him to not be in this team with how well he's yeah. playing. Anyhow, is going to have the difficult uh, like situation of fitting him in this team. It's, it's, it's really, really that simple. But um, yeah. uh, that's that's just my opinion on it. Uh, and I think it would be really interesting to watch his development over, over the season. Um, that's for yeah. sure. But I just wanted to, just before we get to predictions, really quickly, um, no scores, just wins or losses. I want you to just predict for me the scores for this weekend. So, um, oh, okay. Saturday the 11th, um, we have Wolves against Tottenham as the early kickoff. Chris, what are you going for? Who's winning? Who's losing? Who's drawing? Hmm. I might shock a few people here. I'm going to say Wolves win. Okay. In fact, let, let's go through the Saturday results for you and then we'll go through with, with, okay. with Keith really quickly. So, okay. you're going to go for a Wolves win. Yeah, okay. I think Wolves are going to win. I think Arsenal are going to win. Okay. I think Palace and Everton will draw. I think Man United will beat Luton. They have, they've got to be. They've got to beat Luton. Just... If they don't beat Luton, <laughs> he, he, he's surely out the door. Surely. Um, so, yeah, I think they'll beat Luton. I think, oh, do you want me to leave Newcastle to a country? Leave, leave Newcastle, let's get to Sunday. Right. Come on. Uh, I think Villa will beat Fulham. Okay. Uh, Brighton will beat Sheffield United. Ooh. I'm going to say Liverpool draw against Brentford. Oh, yeah, I'm going to say Liverpool draw against Brentford. I don't think. Liverpool drew a little a little slip up and obviously they lost tonight, didn't they? Against um against Toulouse. Yeah. Um <laughs> which some people in the chat have been making fun of, which I enjoy. Um West Ham Forest will be a good game. I think West Ham will win, but it'll be a close one. And uh yeah, I've got to say, I've got to say Man City to beat Chelsea. Okay. Keith, we'll come to you really quickly. Just fire through your wins, losses, and draws, Right. Wolves versus Tottenham. Tottenham away win. Arsenal versus Burnley. Arsenal win. <clears throat> Tricky game there with uh, Palace and Everton because Everton have been playing well recently. I think Palace might shade that one. 
Man United to win against Luton by a couple of goals. We'll leave Newcastle, Bournemouth. Villa against Fulham. Villa by a couple of goals. Really strong at Villa Park. Um, Brighton versus Sheffield United. Sadly for Sheffield United, a Brighton win. <clears throat> Liverpool versus Brentford. One of the closest games probably of the weekend. I think Liverpool might just shade this at Anfield, maybe a 2-1, maybe. Uh, West Ham versus Nottingham Forest. That's an interesting one as well because of the Thursday night football thing. Forest playing really well last week. Got a great result, but I think West Ham at the London Stadium will win that. And it's going to be a Man City away win comfortable away win back at Chelsea. I know Chelsea got that amazing result on Monday night, but I think City will be too good for them. Yeah. Yeah, they said in the chat, if only you were this decisive about Newcastle United's results. No emotional involvement. No emotional involvement with any of those teams. That's true. I was just about to say, (laughs) working on that proviso, Keith has not predicted one draw there. So I don't know whether that's a hint. I'm just saying. There's oh. not one draw in those in those fixtures. We're excited to find out, Chris. But uh, <laughs> I was going to buy through my my wins and losses. Yeah, um, I think Wolves and Tottenham will be a draw. Um, I think Arsenal will beat Burnley. I think Palace will beat Everton. I think Man United will beat Luton. Um, let's go to Sunday. Villa will beat Fulham. I think Brighton will beat Sheffield United. Um, I think. I agree with you, Chris. I think it could be a draw. Brentford, uh, Liverpool, uh, Anfield. Um, I think Forest and West Ham will draw. And I think, I think, yeah, I think Man City will win. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I've got to get people. Just going there. Yeah, I did just for a second, but yeah, yeah, I think that'll be it. So yeah, if we get if we get time each week, we'll throw those fixtures yeah, in yeah. each each week, and we'll get to see what what people think. Uh, so people in the chat, um, we'll we'll get your thoughts on on that as well. But uh, we're we're now part of the uh, prediction uh, section. So fire out your predictions, boys. Um, I'll start first. I think Newcastle United will win two 0 uh, I think we'll win 2 0. I think I don't think it'll be an easy game. I think we'll have to navigate ourselves through it, but I think we'll get the goals that will win us the points. Um, Chris, what are you thinking, mate? 2 0. 2 0. I had 2 0. I, I was thinking to myself, 2 0. Nice clean sheet. And I think we will um, we'll do the business and get the three points. I hope. Brandy and Blaze unlock. Uh, That's it. Locked in. Locked in. Um, those results would go for the Akers, actually, going through those fixtures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, just keep an eye out for the, the yeah. Saturday. Um, but uh, Keith, uh, we'll come to you, Doctor Doom, Double O Stato, the main man in the house. Um, what are you going for this week, mate? So, if it had been a couple of weeks ago, for sure, I'd be comfortable that Newcastle would get this by maybe a two or a three nil. You know. Yeah. But I think those injuries, and it's been quite rightly been called out by yourself, Chris, and also earlier on on the show, that that's quite a bit of a leveller, isn't it? And that midfield is not as strong without Bruno in it, for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, and without Wilson up top as well, I think it's not as strong either. 
But I, th I, th I think obviously with the line up there with Gordon, it should be interesting, you know, for sure. You know, we can get a win for sure. So I've got two outcomes and I will be sitting on the fence because I'd be disappointing to people if, if I wasn't otherwise. <laughs> I, can see that. I can see that for sure. To Newcastle. I can see Newcastle shading it. But, you know, you've got the injuries for sure and it could easily change. So it could easily change. It could be something different, you know. So it could be this also as well. So I think I, I can see a narrow Newcastle win. That midfield isn't as strong. Billing created problems. It could be three in a row against Bournemouth. So it's, <laughs> it's either the one nil one to Newcastle or it'll be a draw. I knew it was coming, you see. I knew. I had a feeling. I had a feeling. But no, I can see I can see why you're saying that, Keith. I can't see it. I can see a Newcastle win for sure. I can yeah. see Newcastle narrowly shading this one. I think they might just have enough. But that mid the the injuries is worrying me for sure. I think what I've only got like 13 regulars now out, out of it, given how many players are out injured. Every player we've got out injured there makes up an eleven now. And the only thing we're missing is a goalkeeper who's who's injured. You know, so there's Keith, a big worry. Keith, you done you done me. You done me. I was like this. I was like, yeah, I, was I did say I did say a narrow one nil. Well, I'm I'm gonna stick to that narrow one nil. That's for sure. I'm gonna stick to that. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna blank out my memory that you went for the other score. We'll, we'll, we'll stick to that first. I've got it. I've got to say, I love this. You when I was going through the chat then, so Rich Joblin was like, "You Pete," he was like, "Yes, shading it." And then a minute later, he just went, "Fuck's sake, Keith, man." <laughs> I've got. I think Newcastle can win this for sure. <sighs> We'll stick yeah. with that. Good, great way yeah. to end, Keith. Uh, that's for sure. Thank um, God for international football break weekend coming up because I don't think I can handle any more injuries. So oh, well, no. I'm, I'm looking forward to enjoying watching England and not be worried about injuries yeah. for a week or yeah. so. That is true, definitely. He's still, he's still being very cagey on Botman, isn't he? Very, very cagey. Because we've not had concrete answer as to what's going on with Botman. It's just like, yeah, he's out. I so I, I think I think I you made a good point. Back in yet. I don't think he comes back in yet, but I agree with you. It's great news about um, Harvey Barnes because we didn't yeah. think Barnes would be that far ahead. Yeah. If he's already on the grass, you've got, what, two, three weeks before December kicks in? Like, at that point, like, two, three weeks on the grass... You've got to be thinking he's got back to be right. Back in time for Man United at home at St. James, is there? That would yeah. be superb. Botman, Isaac, and Barnes back for Man United. How good Ooh. would that be? That would be tasty. Tasty. Yeah. Uh, that's for sure. But look, let's... Uh, it, it was a weird injury. Uh, our upper uh, mentioned it was a weird injury. It, it was. It was It was one that I've never even heard of before, let's be honest. Like, just pulling off to run and you know, something clicks. So, yeah, interesting one. But look, um, 
Massive thanks to everyone already. We've got about 80 likes already in the channel, but we've had 160 plus, 170 plus watching the show um, uh, kind of at, at points tonight. So make sure you, if you haven't already, click that like. And the main man, Mr. Chris Horde, is on the button as always. Thank you for supporting the channel. Like, comments, and subscribe. And there's been certainly many a comment tonight. So apologies if we didn't get all to all of your questions um, over the course of the show. Uh, but thank you for your support. You guys have been amazing. And, and we love everything you do um, to support this channel. Um, give our sponsors a big shout out. Thanks to Russ um, and the team at Radiator Shed. Thank you for all that you do. Um, uh, make sure you get to the radiatorshed.com. Um, and of course, uh, they all of their rads are designed and manufactured in Italy. Um, they're all environmentally friendly and perfect for heat source pumps they offer a home service service when be installed um if required and there is a nice selection there and thank you to bathroom design co h2o and uh, the northeast largest suppliers of villaroy and botch bathroomware team valley gateshead over 20 years established ran by the family to so make sure you all get down to the showroom on 11th avenue team valley gateshead um and make sure that you uh, if you're looking for a new bathroom, get involved in some of the fantastic designs that are available um, from Russ and the team. Huge, huge thank you for their support. Um, of course, Jordan, um, Liam and Dom, the Geordie Journos. Um, if you want to hear uh, and read their stuff, uh, but first of all, go to the Geordie Journos YouTube channel and check out their videos. Uh, got some great videos on all things uh, Dortmund and their trip away. But if you want to read all of their pieces, um, scan the QR code right as you can see it right now uh, and sign up to the NUFC newsletters. Um, and of course, if you want to become a loaded ultra, we have our membership there, $1.99 a month. Um, join by clicking that blue button only can be done on laptop i believe not on mobile phone so make yes. sure that you are on laptop to make sure you um, become a member as well and um obviously we are on the move um on the way to 7k um moving nicely uh we're, we're way beyond um, 6k right now we've had another 10 uh, plus subscribers just on this show tonight um, just as we've been on. So thank you all for your support um, uh, for all things Loaded Man and UFC. That's it, boys. Another show down, another preview down. Um, it can be done on Android too. Thank you, Iropa, for, for pointing that out. Brilliant stuff as always. This is why we love the chat because they, they know the ins and outs as well as we do. Uh, great supporters of the channel and, and we love you all for that. That is for sure. But thank you all for your support. Um, another preview down. Now it's on to the big match on Saturday. Come on, the boys. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're hoping for a win. Um, I'm ignoring Keith's second prediction, but we're all going for a win. Come on. <laughs> uh, that's for sure. And uh, uh, look, um, support the channel. Um, like, retweet, put everything out that we've been sending out on, on socials. Um, if you're not on Twitter, um, we're on Instagram as well. Uh, we are actually on TikTok. Um, there's TikTok out there. If you're a TikTok fan, some of you might not be, but we've got some stuff out there as well. So come and show your support. We'll put all the shows out um, and continue to support the channel um, as well. But until then, guys, we do love playing away. Chris, take it away, fella. How'd you like that? 
Boom. Let's go. Drink it, like 